Welcome to Rainmakers. Now to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Rainmakers, a podcast about business development. I am excited to have Renee Bengelsdorf as a guest today. She's CEO of Charlie Bravo Aviation, and she sells airplanes for a living, which is something that few of us can even imagine doing, right? We, we fly in airplanes, we go places, but how do you sell an airplane to another person? Renee, talk to us a little bit about how you got into this. Well, Carl, first, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's such an honor to be here with you. I've long admired you and your tenacity, and uh, I'm just thrilled to be here. I got into aircraft sales by accident, really. My husband was pretty determined to sell something bigger than what he was selling before, and airplanes were definitely that thing. And I kind of came in the back door helping him with marketing. And then as we were developing our company, um, which we still work in together after 13 years, we began to see the advantages of having me move into a larger role in the company. And I took over as CEO in 2009. And that opened a lot of really interesting doors for me. Um, It's a 99% male-dominated industry in aircraft sales. So I stand out in a room and um, have really embraced this industry from the perspective of starting with a journalism degree. Mm -hmm. And that's how we know each other. We both serve together on the advisory board for the School of Management for Ohio University. And we met through that and, and we became friends we share some similar interests and values. And and then I got to thinking about, and it's my nature doing business development. I'm always trying to think about how to help the other person. I'm thinking about who I know who have, who have airplanes and who have had airplanes and I'm introducing you and, and you were explaining to me that it's a very long sales cycle. How long is the sales cycle for an airplane? You know, it really is varied. Carl, it can be anywhere from two to four months up to there are clients that we've been talking to for eight or nine years or potential clients, I should say, that finally decide to pull the trigger on an aircraft sale. So it's really a varied sales cycle and it's a lot more about relationship development than it is about sales. Let's talk about that because I imagine people or companies who who buy these airplanes they're they're very wealthy people they're not the the average person they're hard to get to know hard to develop relationships talk to us about that dynamic because few of us can even imagine that you know well it's really about something that you mentioned just a minute ago and that's shared values and shared interests and some of our longest standing clients we've met through something other than an aircraft sale, whether it's been a charity endeavor or business development in another way, or meeting them through the various things that we've become involved in over the years with aviation, Um, different boards that either Kurt or I sit on, or things that we've become passionate about as a result of getting to know people inside and outside 
of the industry. So usually it starts with trust at a different, on a different topic at a different level, and then moves into uh, discussions about aviation and purchasing an aircraft. And I, I know how complex even buying a car is, right? Like asking all the questions about all the features and and the engine and and so forth and technology. I imagine that's like that on steroids for an airplane. Talk talk to us about how you go through the technical know-how of making a sale like this. You know, what we often find is that we aren't aeronautical engineers. We do have one on staff and we aren't technicians. So really the first place that we focus is on the mission. And we find that that really resonates well with the person who's buying the aircraft 90% of the time because their goal is to get from point A to point B in a much more expeditious fashion. And so we are able to talk with them about where they want to go, how many people they want to take, and complex things like the length of the runway or the altitude of their destination, because all of those things affect which aircraft will work for them. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the more technical aspects of the aircraft, usually with a technician on our side and a technician on their side. Usually that kind of filters down a little bit because while a car may have 100,000 parts, an airplane will have 1.5 million parts. And so it does get increasingly complex Um you know, cars have to fit the specifications of the country typically in which they'll be driving. Airplanes are much more complex because many of them fly in different countries and the requirements for all of the different civil aviation authorities are pretty varied. So we get a lot of different things, different angles at which we need to look before we can recommend a final selection. And you do other things to to bring your visibility out. You you speak, you host a podcast and a video podcast. Talk to us a little bit about how you go about raising your visibility. Wow. Um, you know, that really goes back to what I was passionate about when I was in college, Carl, and that was about getting to know people's stories. So I take that passion and hopefully proficiency and really examine the things that are important to other people because I love telling stories. So I talk to pilots about how they got started in what they do and then talk to them about the specific airplane they fly because that's very interesting to other pilots who may influence sales decisions. I'm also pretty passionate about empowering women in this male-dominated industry. And so I have a podcast called Defying the Status Quo, where I interview women across all sorts of different industries that are male-dominated about how they've been able to press through and rise to the top of their industry. So I do kind of both of those things, talk about airplane-specific stuff and call on other experts to fill in the gaps where I may not be the expert, and then also um, really just explore people's stories. I, I think 
one thing that I'm passionate about, and this is a something that I borrow from Zig Ziglar, and I don't know the exact quote, but he talks about you can have everything that you want in life by helping other people get everything that they want in life. And so that other's first mentality is something that you and I have talked about before that we're both passionate about and care to to pay forward or help other people. And I've been on the receiving end of your others first, and I appreciate that. So you, <laughs> you, you live up to it for sure. And and I I feel already indebted to you because you've made a wonderful referral to me. And and so you practice what you preach. I want to seize upon what you were talking about about empowering women because you mentioned that ninety nine percent of your field is dominated by men, and I imagine most of your customers are men. Is that correct? That is correct. Although, and this is a little bit off topic, I have seen a shift in that in 2020 and that more women are interested in flying privately than ever before, because for so long, it's been considered a luxury. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's fat cats on private jets kind of mentality, but really when you begin to look at it, people who can afford to fly privately are now looking at it from a safety perspective and a convenience perspective and that you're not in a tube with a bunch of other people that you don't know, mm-hmm. um, which has become a concern with, with COVID and other infectious diseases have been brought to light at the beginning and throughout this year. And then also um, from a convenience standpoint, I, I can't tell you how many flights have been canceled or delayed and how many routes have been eliminated from um, airline carriers. And so we're beginning to see more and more women um, purchase airplanes. It's still this year in 2020 was 75% male, 25% mm-hmm. female for our transactions, but that's much better than 95% male, 5% female, which is what we traditionally see in aircraft ownership. When I was looking through your website and your marketing, I, I noticed, and I don't know how to say this, but you don't you don't try to blend in with the men. You embrace your femininity in this, in this market, and you have that cartoon with the flowing hair. Talk to me about that. I think it looks like you're using your differential to your advantage in that business. And and talk to me about that cartoon that you use with the picture. How, what went into that thought? Oh my goodness. Well, when we first started Charlie Bravo, Kurt and I really wanted to, to establish ourselves in a way that made us look different. And mm-hmm. one of the values that we came up with that was important to us was from our grandparents' generation where a handshake really meant something. And we looked at that greatest generation and our grandparents and said, we want our brand to reflect that. And we also want it to reflect aviation. So when we started looking at World War II, both of our, well, all four of our grandfathers served in World War II, we began looking at what was iconic for that era. And our logo came from a 1949 Andy Vargas pinup girl. 
Um, she was painted on a B25 and we just really liked her. Now, she was topless as some pinup girls are, and you will not see that on my website. We put a shirt on her and we altered her hair color a little bit. You probably noticed. That, that wasn't you? I thought that was a, color. I thought that was no. a pain of you. Oh. No, she's much <laughs> older than me. We did give her my hair color when we redesigned her. Okay. Um, she was kind of strawberry blonde in the original painting, but, but that's where it came from. We really wanted to embrace the values of our grandparents' generation and coincidentally, when I became the CEO of Charlie Bravo, then it became a different meaning behind the icon that this is a woman-owned company. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could say that was by design, Carl, but it just happened to be a coincidence. And frankly, and maybe embarrassingly, it took me a long time to really believe in myself enough and value myself enough to say, I don't want to fit in with the guys. Mm-hmm. I want to be a hundred percent me and embracing who I am has given me so much more power in the industry. It's given me so much more authority in my sales calls and my transactions because I'm presenting myself as exactly who I am. And that authenticity and genuineness really come across as caring and honesty and integrity when I'm dealing with very high net worth individuals and honestly, pretty egotistical people Mm -hmm. who buy aircraft or represent those who buy aircraft. Sure. So I I got my private pilot's license several years ago, and I've talked to you about this. I know your daughter flies, and you've talked about getting yours. Is that still in the plans? It is. I've publicly made a commitment to this, and you just uh, gave me a chance to underscore that. My plan is to, in the first half of 2021, do an intensive, immersive program and get my private pilot's license in a 14 to 16 day window. Well, we will have to go fly sometime. Any advice you have for a young person listening who may want to get into your field? Absolutely. I, there are so many ways to do that. The first is to be around an airport. There are 500 commercial airports in the United States, you may have flown on a Southwest or a United flight into one of those, but there are 5,000 airports with paved runways that serve municipalities. So here in the Austin area, there are seven or eight of those around here, but all of the commercial traffic goes through Austin. So anywhere you are, go to your local airport get to know people. If you walk into a, an FBO, that's a fixed-based operation, and ask questions, you can get involved in airplanes. Um, my son uh, started his aviation career fueling airplanes on the weekends, and my daughter um, enrolled in flight school and, and built her hours that way. Um, my son-in-law is an aircraft mechanic. So all of them kind of dabbled in it, um, were around airplanes 
first, decided what they wanted to do, and then pursued that. So um, be around it. Ask people if they'll take you to fly. People love flying other people around. It's especially if they're passionate about aviation, because it is truly a, a brotherhood or fraternity or um, in some cases, a sorority, if you will, of people who look out for one another in this industry. So get involved. Thank you very much. Renee Bengelsdorf, CEO of Charlie Bravo Aviation. I learned what FBO stands for today. I've always wondered what, what that stood for. Thank you so much. And thanks for listening to Rainmakers. If you liked hearing this podcast today, please subscribe. And if you really liked it, please rate the podcast and share it with your friends on social media. Take care. You have been listening to Rainmakers with Carl Grant.